managing the brand of a B2B fintech isn't always straightforward. As a brand, you won't have enough personality that the other fintechs you're targeting want to work with you. But you also have to be professional enough so incumbents and larger players will take you seriously. Many fintech companies are often too corporate or dull, while others are too playful and immature. But Tribe Payments seems to have found the balance. And today, I'm lucky enough to be chatting with their VP of Marketing, Helen Owen. Tribe is a B2B fintech company that does payment processing for issuers, acquirers, and fintechs, as well as open banking APIs, foreign risk monitoring, and a lot more. With Helen, we chat about Tribe's core target audience and her approach to creating content for them. How Tribe is standing out and cutting through the noise, and why they love being a tribe. And finally, the current challenges with hiring and how Tribe is attracting talent. In today's episode, you'll further hear me experiment with a different structure where we focus on three key aspects of marketing a fintech company. Customer acquisition, messaging and branding, and hiring, building a team. I'd love to hear any feedback on what you think of this approach. You can reach out to me via LinkedIn at Araminta Robton. You're listening to Market Like a Fintech, a podcast where I explore how fintech marketers are using marketing to help fintech companies fulfill their mission of democratizing finance. I am your host, Araminta Robertson, partner at the Fintech Marketing Hub. Let's hear from Helen. So Helen, my my first question to you is, what would you say B2B fintech companies are doing wrong when it comes to marketing? Oh, that's a tricky question to start off with. So I think it's really hard to say what's wrong because what's right is different for for different fintech businesses. So one thing I would say that fintechs really need to do is to find their voice. Hmm. Um, And sometimes I think that very early stage fintechs, and this is probably true of lots of different types of companies, not specific to fintech, kind of make the mistake of thinking um, they need to be very corporate sounding in their tone of voice. And what happens there is that they lose that impetus that you can have behind the brand in the initial uh, stages. So I think it's really important, um, especially for businesses starting out, this is a massively competitive space where you're trying to do something innovative. So show it in your brand, your tone of voice in everything you do through your marketing and do it consistently. So I think I think that's kind of one area. Another thing I would say is, and again, probably not specific to fintech, um, but I see a lot of companies who kind of just automatically zoom to digital marketing. And I think, okay, so uh, PPC, this all of this side of things is just what we need to do. We need to be on social media. We need to um, to be paying a load of money to Google Ads, um, and that will do what we need to do. So my approach is different. I look at I think working through the marketing strategy first, thinking about where your audience is, who you're trying to reach, what will engage them. So what they're buying drivers are, what their interests, what their challenges are, things that they're struggling with that you can help them with. How does that then relate back to what you're doing as a business um, and work on that positioning 
first, your core brand messages, and then just make sure you're using that across absolutely everything. Um, that's how you'll gain traction. And then it's thinking about where are your buyers, you know, both um, those are influencers and those are decision makers. How are they consuming content? What channels? Um, what are they going to be most interested in? What type of content performs well with them? And and then working that into your strategy rather than just kind of pushing stuff out and hoping for the best. So I, I think that's a, a very common thing that I see in lots of early stage businesses, but it does happen quite a bit in, in fintech. I think. Yeah, I mean, you said a lot there uh, and I think you're you're really right. As in like, yeah, there's some really good stuff in there. Um, what you're saying about branding is really interesting. We're seeing more B2B companies understanding the value of a brand, especially in order to stand out. And we'll talk about uh, Tribe, Tribe Payments um, brand specifically in a while. And also making sure that you're producing content where they are. Like, I also see this, I mean, both B2B and B2C, like creating content on Instagram when your target market is just not not there. Like no one cares mm -hmm. on Instagram or creating it. Or, or the mistake that I see a lot is creating really beginner content. Like mm. imagine in Tribe Payments case, writing an article uh, along the lines of what are payments? It's like your target market will already know this. <laughs> um, oh, that's that's actually an interesting point because we have uh, a real mix of um, audiences, I mm. suppose, because we have fintechs who come to us who who are not actually from the payments background. So okay. it's quite interesting that we we actually do need to cater really? for for some of that. Yeah, it's interesting. We have a lot of regular conversations where businesses come to us. They have an idea. They are trying to explore how to deliver it and they don't always understand you know what they need to be able to do that in terms of partners and technology licenses all those sorts of things so actually we find that for those very young fintechs we do need to do some some kind of more basic payments 101 type wow. education so we kind of have to run that alongside and it's something we're going to do more of next year is kind of tailor some some helpful advice driven content for those fintechs and then do things that are more detailed uh more insightful level i suppose for for those who do already know the space and have already figured out or are already established in terms of what they're doing and how they're delivering it so yeah it's it's part of for us um kind of important in terms of mapping the audiences and, and making sure that we tailor for those audiences so we can engage people at the right level. Yep, doing it intentionally. So I guess what, what I mean is is people who write or, or companies that write something like, what are payments, but then direct it towards experts. And it's like, that is a mismatch there. It's um, always, that's, yeah, that's not, if, if you're directed to the right audience, then obviously will work um, yeah i mean i think you find with some of those companies that um they do it for seo purposes yeah um, <laughs> this is what i'm talking well, about that, you know that might help to drive it, some it traffic does. to your traffic, website but not but leads. Is it the right yeah no. it, yeah and this i suppose is back to your initial question about mistakes um it's for us so uh, in the b2b space and what we do is quite niche so it's not for us about 
volume or quantity of traffic as such. It's about the right traffic, the right people, the quality leads. And that's what we have to focus on. Yep, you're speaking my language. Um, And with (laughs) with B2B, it's even more important, right? Because leads, I mean, traffic is almost irrelevant, right? Leads is the most important. Um, But before we get started with this, I just wanted to explain to our listeners that um, we're dividing our episodes into three kind of sections where we start with like customer acquisition and um, understanding customers. And then we'll talk about branding and messaging, and then finally hiring. So we're talking already a bit about lead acquisition, customer (laughs) acquisition, but just so we can get a better idea of Tribe's kind of customer acquisition strategy, who are you targeting? Who are your main, who is your main target market? You did mention like beginners also, like people Mm -hmm. from younger fintechs, but who is your, the bulk of them? So this is something that we've um, started to put a lot more focus on too. Um, I think the stage we are as a business, we're about three years old and now we understand our uh, strengths related to the target markets in a much, uh, a much more detailed way. So I would say that we have kind of um, three core subsets of, of targets um, from a, and I'm just thinking about this from a lead generation point of view. So in terms of our, our prospects, Obviously, we have far more in the way of audiences beyond that. But from a target point of view, where we're finding actually market demand coming to us um, and we'll be working on kind of capitalising on that, I suppose, um, is acquirers. So a lot of these are companies that have established in the acquiring space, although some are kind of moving into acquiring where there's um, quite a strong market opportunity we then as i mentioned have uh, some of the very young fintech startups who are you know really early stage um but really the core for us is in the uh, fintechs who are established but still young so they're kind of that five to ten year old fintech sometimes younger depends how quickly they've grown um they've already secured um you know, if they need a license, they've probably already done that. They've certainly got a bit of funding behind them so that it's a, a viable proposition at that stage. Um, so our, I would say that probably 70% or so of our existing client base fits that profile. And so obviously that's a successful um, area for us um, that we will continue to target. And then, you know, this acquiring space is, is really important because... Tribe is fairly unique in that we support um, payments processing across both issuing and acquiring and also, you know, a a kind of surrounding set of um, additional functionality around things like digital banking, digital wallet, open banking. And we also have our own payment gateway and um, POS solutions. So we've got quite, you know, quite a broad range of products that we can offer to support, you know, a really wide range of of fintechs and payment companies. So we have to find a way to, um, I suppose, to engage our target audiences in a way that kind of lets them know about the broad solution set, but more importantly, what it can do for them, how it can help them to um, capitalise on opportunity. 
And it's a reasonably unique proposition because um, there are other fintechs or other, actually, I don't like to consider them as fintechs, but but um, payment processing companies who have been around a long time, yeah. they're global giants, but what they're offering is legacy technology, yeah. as is freshly built. It's mostly proprietary technology with some specialist partners plugged into that. And so our offering is quite complex and can deliver lots of different benefits and value across lots of different areas, which from a marketing point of view can make it quite tricky to kind of work through and make sure that we are kind of displaying our full range of wares, I suppose, for want of a better term. So for next year, we are being more targeted. We're ring fencing certain campaigns for certain market segments and certain product areas to prioritize those to help with our lead generation and growth strategies but then around that we will also be doing activities that are more aimed at you know general brand awareness making sure that our user journeys on our website are are, are tighter and more targeted Um, so lots of kind of parallel running projects um, outside of the campaigns as well. You mentioned that um, it can be quite complex, which I mean, I can totally understand because I do a lot of writing for open banking and, and payment processors. And so that's why education plays quite a big role in marketing, because in order for your target market, which I'm guessing is what, like chief product officers or chief... Uh, yeah, it generally tends to be C-suite. Um, yeah. It could be CEO founders, founders uh, yeah. but also CTOs, CTOs yeah. um, and, and product, yeah, yeah. product officers as well. Yeah, so you're educating them. So you have to educate them first before they understand the value of Tribe, right? So um, I know content is a big thing at Tribe. How are you, and specifically the FinTech 5x5 report, which we'll talk about in a bit, uh, but how are you approaching like that education? Are you mapping out journeys? Are you educating them yeah how, how how are you thinking about this when it comes to education and content yeah sure so i think i mean just generally from a content point of view we're looking at a very both very broad and very targeted content sure. strategies for next year if that makes sense so yes we we absolutely have to do educational pieces both at a well at several levels really the the kind of yes the product and tribe but also I don't like to kind of do um hard selling type content for me it's about um talking about the market issues that our audiences have and then sort of connecting that to our solutions um to show what benefit it can deliver either in tackling a challenge that they might have like compliance for instance or you know we have a a fraud and risk monitoring solution so that helps them with some of the the very tricky um costly areas around fraud or where they have a market opportunity so open banking is a perfect example of that in fact it's kind of a dual example because um for certain um payments companies or banks or fintechs they will need to meet compliance standards for for open banking because they need to open up their their accounts to to third parties and so they need a compliance solution which is really difficult for for smaller fintechs because they um you know it can be quite costly to do that quite complex and it's a lot to to kind of to navigate 
So that's why we um, we launched the open banking APIs for those types of businesses to make it much, much simpler for them to meet that requirement. But equally, you know, there's a huge opportunity beyond just being compliant uh, with, with PSD2. So we then have added in um, the ability for um, our clients to offer uh, payment initiation services and account information services so that they can really start to um, capitalise on that massive market opportunity that open banking presents. So I, I think that there is still probably in some pockets of fintech, maybe not the recognition that there should be around that opportunity of open banking. So there's definitely like some education to happen there to push people beyond that that mandatory piece to help them explore how they might be able to create new revenue streams or even cut their costs by um, offering payment initiation, for instance. So it's for me, it's very much about engaging our audiences around their challenges and opportunities and then doing so not just with our products, but with thought leadership content, with practical advice. Um, and that's very much the focus for us for, for next year. You mentioned the Fintech 5 by 5 report. So that campaign ran for us, gosh, from about July until October. That was very much a 100% thought leadership. Yeah. There was no kind of plug in there for Tribe, con- uh, you know, from a, a product perspective. It was purely about helping fintechs to understand what technologies they need to be considering we did some front-end um, primary research um, through a survey and then we invited um, some, some high-profile companies real experts in each of their areas so Microsoft for instance and we talked we, we asked them for their contributions so they wrote you know a, a small insight piece each around each of those areas. So uh, blockchain, edge computing, and how those play into the fintech field. Because I think we're very much about um, supporting fintechs. I like to describe us as a a fintech for Mm -hmm. fintechs. We're enablers in that respect. And so it's important um, for us to, to help fintechs to find all the things that they need to, to make their business a success. So it's also an important part for us of um, building like an ecosystem where we can um, bring in partners or experts that can help those fintechs to um, to succeed. So, um, yeah, this kind of enabler position that we have means it's, it, it's important for us to to offer that extra value through our mm. content. Well, yeah, there's, there's a couple of things I want to touch on here, which is the first one being... I really like how you focus your content on challenges and opportunities. That makes it really succinct and like targeted, as you said. Uh, one one challenge that I I'm writing about it right now because we're writing about like payment trends. Sorry, yeah, fintech trends for 2022. One that's really interesting is when you mentioned which is compliance, and as compliance gets more and more complicated, more and more fintech companies are deciding to outsource that to specialists. And um, and also it seemed, uh, well, they, there was a survey done where more mature fintechs outsource more than early stage and they outsource more like stuff like compliance, for example. So creating content specifically on compliance, because that's a huge pain point, right? As you said yourself, 
creating content on compliance is really a good like first step like it's a first yeah mm-hmm. um and then the second one is yeah fintech five by five so what was your so it was a thought leaders it's a thought leadership piece on kind of the technologies in the next uh few years um how mm-hmm. did you what did success look like for this report like how are you measuring what what were your goals i guess that was my question what, what were your goals with the with the report sure so i think um several parts uh to to that answer in terms of goals so i mean the obvious one is is sure. generation yep. Yep. so you know we were looking to um yeah to to, to find more fintechs that that kind of fall into our um our ideal prospect base and engage them in some content and and then kind of go from there um which it you know did deliver to some degree come back to that and then um i think you know one of the things that we are trying to do is to um to kind of reposition tribe Mm. i suppose um so initially when we first launched a lot of the clients that we signed up and launched with were more on the um, issuer processing side. So as a result of that, we became um, much more known as an issuer processor. And so then it wasn't quite so well known that we actually do an awful lot more than just the issuer processing side. And we're actually just as strong on the acquirer processing side and now have this broader solution set so i think you know creating a bit more awareness of the tribe brand for a start because you know we needed to be better known so definitely a brand awareness exercise but also um a positioning exercise to show you know we are this this fintech enabler um we care about the success of uh, of fintech at a market level you know it's we're fintech enthusiasts. Yeah. I mean, I have, hesitate to say that some of us, and I include myself, are payments geeks um, and proud. So, um, you know, it's it's important for us to to kind of tackle those broader issues, and we want people to to come to know Tribe as uh, as that enabler and that um, that driver of innovation. So. So it was definitely kind of those three things, the brand awareness, the the positioning and the lead And would gen. you say it succeeded? Partially, I think. Um, so I just for context, I only joined Tribe in May. The the project was already okay. underway um, before that. So I kind of picked it up. We reshaped it slightly. It did work well, but I think it's not one of those kind of rinse and repeat things. I'm not a big fan of that anyway really? from a content point of view. I think the next thing we'll do, well, I know the next thing we'll do um, will be quite different. Um, And that's just a natural part of trying to make sure that our content delivers value. So we've done this forward-looking piece. We'd actually done, uh, before my time, there was something a little bit similar, a FinTech 2030 report, which funnily enough is still getting traction. Um, It's still getting downloads most weeks, um, even though it's Mm -hmm. a year old. Obviously, it's very forward-looking. But I think, so our next piece that I'm just working on now is is actually about some of the catalysts for growth that are around right now. So why it's a, why it's a great time for fintechs to scale and what things they need to think about. So that's actually very 
different format as well. It's a short ebook, so it's more of a kind of hopefully a bit inspiring, but also kind of a quick reference thing rather than a very lengthy report. Opportunity. So for me, it's about changing it up and learning from you know from the five by five campaign and the other pieces that we've done and thinking right, what would be the next thing to do that would be really valuable for our audience? Taking the successes. And the things that didn't work quite so well from from previous campaign and then using that to shape what we do next. Awesome. So now moving on to the tribe brand. I know you only joined like a few months ago, but um, one thing that really stood out to me when I was uh, checking, like reading through the tribe website and and checking your LinkedIn and all that is that focus on tribe. So what what does that mean from the branding perspective? What what is why is that important for tribe payments, be, being a tribe, I mean? Lots of different reasons. So internally, we, we very much talk about being one tribe. We, we are, um, so just for context, although we're a UK-based company, our uh, development team, which is the largest part of our business, as you'd expect from a tech, tech company, um, is based in Lithuania. And we then have people in in Moldova as well. We're very, very focused internally on nurturing this culture of one tribe. It's important for us as a small but very fast growing business to to make sure that we are a tight knit team. And culturally, I mean, for me, that's a very refreshing um, place to be you know we're a very agile team we all have each other's backs we all work towards the same goals and what that translates to in terms of business success is that we deliver better for clients we're, we're all very focused on um, client success you know on, on supporting the growth mission of the company so yeah it's really important in our external messaging too I think I mean, we refer to our clients as partners, for instance, because we do, you know, we, I know people bandy that around quite a lot uh, in terms of talking about, you know, partnerships. But I think we do really take that approach um, and we work so closely with our clients that it's very much a collaborative re- relationship. So it's very much a, a partnership approach. And we also treat our channel partners. So just to distinguish those are that there are many different channel partners but we have some that um that are technology partners so plug into our technology to offer additional sort of specialist services so we work with tink for open banking clear bank for bank connectivity um currency cloud for fx for instance so our channel partners are just as important to us as as our client partners so so the tribe feeling is is very much about building partnerships and an ecosystem as much as it is about internal teams so it's very much a strong part of our positioning so yeah and uh, you know we have the from a a visual brand point of view obviously we we represent that kind of tribal feel um in the visual brand as well and that helps to um it helps us to stand out. Exactly. You know, from a visual brand. Yeah, that, that was going to be my, my question, which is, I mean, it's quite unique for a payments company, right? To be to be a tribe. I mean, um, and I was going to ask you, like, how, how do you feel that's helped? How has that helped in terms of branding? 
Um, and I can imagine that it's helped with standing out, right? Have you noticed that? In what ways have you noticed that? Definitely. So in lots of ways as well. So I think um, we have a bit of an internal joke that uh, we uh, we will never be another boring blue mm. payments company. <laughs> um, so we it's important for us in terms of how we express the brand in our content and in our communications. We're talking to people as human beings. Because you know? <laughs> I think going back to your first point about what mistakes DC and things, you know, it's it's about recognising that, yes, you're dealing with, a, we're a B2B fintech, Yes, we're dealing with other businesses, but it's still people within those businesses and we're still people within our business and it's still a person-to-person relationship. So um, so I think it does help us stand out in terms of having that that brand that's more distinctive, hopefully um, not just in brand colours or in name, but in, you know, messaging and everything as well. I think it's important to us to be creative, to have a little bit of a fun element, but to have a really strong balance between showing people that we are fun and human beings and, you know, on this crazy learning journey, but also that we know what we're doing and we work hard. We care about doing well. We care about supporting our clients' businesses and driving the fintech industry further. So, um, you know, I, I hope that in what we're doing with branding, we did a, a a physical and tone of voice brand refresh earlier this year. That was one of the first things I did um, was to kind of establish that as, as strongly as we can. Um, it matches quite well, I think, to our client base as well and the types of companies mm. that we have as channel partners. We, you know, our technology is very new um, and... We like, you know, we have uh, a very fresh way of approaching things. Um, we move fast. We can implement our technology fast. So all of these things need to be represented in our physical brand as well. So that's something that we, we, you know, trying to use this more distinctive branding to help support that positioning and that approach. I think, you know, it was interesting. We were talking about being at FinTech Talents Festival earlier this week. And, you know, it was a little bit of a proud moment for me that um, looking at our stand from the other side of the room, just the vibrancy of it really stood out. Um, even though it's the same size as everybody else's, but but just from a physical brand point of view, just was, was absolutely different to anything else in there. Um, but also didn't look out of place. And that for me is, is a really great thing. I think... Um, We've started to try and explore some other ways in our marketing that we can really push the boundaries and stand out. We don't want to be hiding in the shadows. Um, we've got strong brand. We're proud of it. And we want to um, to be more creative and um, maybe to even be a little bit disruptive. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We're in a, a complex and competitive marketplace. And um, we're not afraid to be bold. So from a marketer point of view, I mean, that's a really exciting um, yeah, thing to sure. work with, I think. And we definitely have the support of uh, of the board and the management team um, behind that as well, which which is fantastic yeah. for me. I, I like what you're saying um, that 
your brand kind of has to match the clients that you want or the partners that you want. And if you want to work with companies like Tink or Revolut or these new fintechs, then your brand has to be kind of on par with that. Do you think that would, do you think that will impede you to work with like larger, like Microsoft, for example, enormous incumbents? Do you think that might be a obstacle or not at all? No, I I don't. Um, I think other things do. I don't think our brand does because what we, um, it's about that balance that I mentioned that we need to, I think some of our brand messaging previously was almost a little bit too informal in places, but it was, we're trying to find our voice, you know, and this is before my time, but I think, you know, it's really hard when you first kind of start business and you're trying to establish something different. You almost have to experiment a little bit until you find the right spot. So I think um, it was about making sure that we have that right balance between distinctiveness and professionalism. And I feel pretty confident that we've we've found that. But I also think that um, brand is never a static thing. You know, it's always going to evolve with the market, with the business, with the client target base. I don't think that our um, our brand precludes us from working with really big companies. Um, I think the evidence actually is in some of the announcements that you'll see Ooh. coming out over the next few months. I can't really wow. say too much more than that, but we have got some really major Amazing. household names um, that we'll be able to announce, I hope, very soon um, in terms of clients, which is uh, fantastic. And hopefully we'll just sort of start to cement our uh, credibility and our place in the market a lot more. Um, I think in terms of you know working with traditional incumbents, there's always the option for that. I mentioned that I thought maybe other things would be um, would preclude us from potentially working with them. But I think it's only really from a perception point of view. Um, we've got the technology there, definitely. But I think it's about making inroads into some of those spaces. I mean, interestingly, you mentioned Microsoft because um, we do already right. partner with Microsoft. We're part of the Microsoft Startups Programme. And um, we're using their cloud. So it's, you know, there's already a relationship there. And we have really good relationships with the card schemes. Um, They're part of our, you know, channel partner base. So um, I think that you'll only see us go from strength to strength in terms of, um, you know, expanding across the chain. It's interesting with our technology that it's really, I mean, we've just launched a new client in under three months from from contract signing to through implementation to live in less than three months that's the massive advantage of our mm. technology um, especially for that sort of younger business but for bigger businesses it's a slightly different benefit and that's about being able to modernize what they have without everything falling over because you've taken out a brick further down and tried to plug something else in um, so it's a bit of a different proposition. It's, in all honesty, not one that we've really gone after yet. I think it's important for us to build on our the success we've had in that core base. Um, and then once we feel like we've got that, then it's time to to go out and show what we've got to to those bigger businesses, those bigger banks. Yeah, that's super interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what big uh, big clients you've got. That's really exciting. Um, my, my last uh, kind of question on this was, 
I know that you are sponsoring the FinTech Talents Festival, and I saw that you had your own cocktail. So as a cocktail fan, <laughs> I had to ask you, I, I really liked that there was, there was, um, there was a payment teeny and there was a crypto, can't Cryptopolitan. Uh, and I love espresso martinis, mm. so paymentini would have been delicious. Um, you also had a tribe spirit. I'm just curious, what, what's in a tribe spirit and how did you get the idea of creating your own cocktail? So, um, first of all, I think with the FinTech Talents Festival, what really appealed to me about that event was it was a real combination of um, kind of that festival feel with the mm. fun side of things. There was live music. There was obviously... um but you know just the social element I suppose um but combining it with really strong content like that's for me a good connection for tribe it's that's it feels like the same kind of um approach that we have you know this kind of uh sociable but professional knowledgeable combination what was in the tribe spirit so that was um uh, strawberry and black pepper gin nice. was the base for it. So what I like with that one is you've got this sweetness um, with the slight kick, and um, but it was also a long drink, so it's refreshing. Mm. So it was kind of like a really perfect match for us in that it had a lot going on, but was also quite simple. Um, and delivered a great flavour. So I thought it was a really good like match for our brand. Um, I have to say the Cryptopolitan was, oh, it was fantastic. Good. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah, it was a watermelon cosmopolitan. Wow. So a little that. twist on something a bit more traditional. Um, it went down really well. <laughs> I mean, actually, we had such a thirsty bunch of people there that we eventually... I was going to say, cocktails. so where were you serving them at, the, at your booth? We're just serving cocktails. No, no. So we had a, a separate cocktail party oh, at the I end. And so they transformed one of the stages. One, so they had a separate room, which was the feature identity stage. They transformed that room into a cocktail mm-hmm. bar. So we had like um, a video going on in the background, music, like colourful up lights. We had the bar branded um, and the menus and everything. And, and we had our own branded cupcakes there wow. as well in case anyone got the munchies or needed a little sugar hit. It was really, really well attended. I was so pleased. Um, we had somewhere between about 150 and 200 people um, join that. And yeah, it, I think people are just really happy to have that yeah, social sure. opportunity now, um, especially at the end of the show. It, was, it worked really well. So we wow, were really pleased. Nice. Well, next time I hope I'll be there and I can try I, I have to try the tribe spirit. Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. Okay, so la- last topic I just want to touch on is um, hiring. So I know tribe is hiring, um, but we also know in the fintech space that hiring has been quite difficult lately. So I'm curious to hear kind of what challenges you faced with hiring. And then you can also let us know what, what roles you're hiring for. Yeah, sure. So we're actually, I mean, I mentioned earlier, we're really fast growing Um just since I joined the company, I think we've gone to from about 90 people to about 140. So, yeah, we're really fast growing. Um, we were obviously recruiting a lot of developers. Um, we've been fortunate to attract uh, and uh, bring on board some developers. We're always looking for more good developers. But in terms of kind of the the broader recruitment challenges, I think in the UK, where we're trying to recruit, I've lost 
track of how many people, but quite a few, um, in customer success, marketing and sales. Yeah, it's it's a super tough market right now. I think there's lots of people who are kind of sticking in the positions that they're in. Um, because they've probably been through a bit of a tough time with the pandemic and just need that stability. But on the flip side, there's this, you know, what's being discussed is the great resignation where, you know, all the rest (laughs) of people are kind of looking for something new. I think lots of us have kind of re-evaluated what we're doing um, over the last year or so. And so lots of people are changing jobs, but at the same time, lots of companies are starting to realise that particularly from a marketing and business development point of view, they need to start reinvesting in that to grow through um, the next couple of years coming out of the pandemic. And so what's happening is we've got this um, situation where there are people looking for jobs, but there are far, far more mm. jobs around than there are candidates. Market. And right. so we're all in this, we're all caught up in this yeah. battle for the best talent um you know which is a really tough situation thank you for kindly letting me know <laughs> uh, letting me talk about who we're trying to find so i i'm looking to three people for my team and probably another one um, in the early part of next year so i'm looking for a, a marketing executive so somebody who's looking for a, a really challenging high personal growth role where they can just learn and get involved in all elements of marketing. They need to be a sponge, you know, somebody who's just really um, motivated to learn and get stuck into things. Um, It's the sort of role that when I was a junior marketer, I would have leapt at. Um, Then we're looking for a content marketing manager. And really, it needs to be somebody who has worked in payments or fintech before, has a bit of insight. um, And they have this really enormous opportunity to you know to match up with all the things I've been talking about in terms of content put together a a strategy work with me um, on developing the campaign ideas producing all of that content you know distributing and then learning from how it's performing and then taking that forward to um to build into the next one so it's um there's a lot of autonomy in the role but there's equally a lot of opportunity to work with different parts of the business and there's a lot of support both from me and from the other members of the team and then I think we've we've more recently recognized we also need a product marketer because we have this broad solution set and we need to closely match up uh, what we have to offer with what the market's looking for um, and make that the focus of how we target our marketing so we're really looking for an experienced um product marketer who um who can come in and help us shape that and work with our new head of product to to really refine how we present our products um and be quite benefit driven in in how we do that so yeah it's proving challenging i mean i think tribe is a a really interesting company to work for so i hope that we will find the right people but we for me, it's as much about cultural mm. fit as anything else. You know, I mentioned earlier, we're a really tight-knit team. So it has to be someone that will will really fit in with the team. Um, so buoyant personality, you know, eager to learn, 
hardworking, but also knows how sure. to have fun, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed we'll find those perfect people over the next how, few months. Where are you searching? Um, like, how are you trying to attract? How are you? Just- so we've been, we've tried a few things. Um, we've relied on LinkedIn yeah. quite a bit. We have tried a marketing jobs board um, and website. Unfortunately, that didn't really work. We've done some Facebook advertising. Uh, for now, for the content role, we're engaging an agency to help us with that one because it is that that bit more specialised. But I mean, if anyone yeah. listens and they're interested or they know someone good, like feel free to get in touch with me directly on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, always happy to have recommendations or direct approaches. For sure. As well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I, I'm just interested to see like if anyone has you know, some something that worked for them in terms of hiring. Uh, because job boards maybe doesn't work, LinkedIn maybe doesn't work. So I'm I'm curious to hear what other people find is working. Uh, and it's kind of what we're trying to do with the Slack community is is also help foster that kind of connection. So it's some maybe we want it to be a place where candidates can go and look for job opportunities and where fintech companies can go and post that. I would love that. I'm trying to figure out how to do that yet, but Slack communities are great for that. That would yeah. That would be yeah. amazing. And I can see from the, the Slack community that um, there are huge numbers of, of roles yeah. going. Um, and, you know, I think from a candidate point of view, it's probably quite hard to, pay, to, right. yeah. to find those right oh, yeah. opportunities. Um, and I think sometimes it's also hard when you see a, like a job spec on LinkedIn or on a on a website to really get the right feel for yeah. what it would be like to work for that company. So if one of the things I'm talking to our HR team about is, you know, particularly with the more junior role. So we need to do something a bit out there. Like, do we need to do a TikTok Mm. or, you know, do we need to do something much more creative that shows our brand personality, but also what we're like as people? Because I think much as it's important for us to have, you know, people that are a cultural fit, the reverse is true, right? So I think as candidates, especially when you're, you've got lots and lots of opportunities to look at. Um, you want to find that right fit where you're going to feel happy and that you've got a career path, you can progress and learn. Um, so yeah, we at the moment, we're kind of experimenting with ideas about how to step outside of that little comfort yeah. zone of, of going down the usual routes and and appeal to people in a more creative way. So watch this space. You might see something from yeah, us. That's, uh, a, that's a really good weeks. idea. I've, I've seen other companies do that. Rapid did that, I think, in, in Israel. I'm not sure. Or Singapore. I can't remember. But they they did like billboards all around the city saying just good things about Rapid. And uh, I've seen someone else do this. I can't remember. I think Clio does quite a good job of doing this too. So a lot, a lot oh, more people sure. are, I think, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you have to go think outside the box a little bit in order to... Definitely. I mean, I'd love, you know, if anyone listens to this podcast and they've got ideas they want to share, please share. I want to hear them too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so many many people in fintech are struggling to fill roles right now. Uh, I think we'd all be grateful of um, any suggestions. Good one. Great. Well, thank you so much, Helen. I have one more question for you, which is what was your what was your favorite piece of swag that you were giving away or, or doing at the fintech ta- uh, fintech talents festival what was your favorite one uh, okay um we had custom made socks oh wow amazing so where we have um where we have this distinctive brand 
Uh, and actually, our RMD is quite well known for having um, quite loud socks really? and sometimes belts <laughs> as well. But um, And so I kind of just thought, you know what, I think that our, our purple brand with the the um, kind of tribal graphic elements in the different colours would look really cool on socks. Um, so that's what we did. And honestly, we I mean, I underestimated how popular what? they would be. Um, I'll have to send you a picture. Oh, and but they, um, yeah, we actually had people from all over the show just coming to our stand and saying, we heard there were socks. <laughs> Is it all right if we take a pair? And then, yeah, we had to start limiting them because we were going to oh run God. out. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, but it. it was it was really nice. Like, it was just good fun as well um, to have something that was so in demand. Socks. Yeah, I mean, people are sick of pens maybe and all this other stuff. Who knew? People want socks now. Yeah. Awesome. Well... <laughs> Thank you so much, Helen, for answering all my weird, complicated questions and uh, taking the time to, to yeah, to chat with me today. So I really appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing oh. what uh, Tri Payments will be doing and the new clients you'll have. I'm really, yeah, it's really exciting. So, thanks a lot. Yeah, well, that note, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find all the information and show notes over at fintechmarketinghub.com and then click on podcast. We've also got a fintech marketing Slack community where you can meet fellow fintech marketers and founders, ask podcast guest questions ahead of a show and attend exclusive online events with industry experts. We'd love to see you in there, hear your feedback and learn about the challenges you're currently facing in your role. To join head to fintechmarketinghub.com forward slash slack. That's all for today. See you in the slack.